trying to film a podcast. You want me to moon him? I'll put my buttocks on the window. Do it. Not my window. Go into Audrey's office so she has well, just a like print on her window. 80% of the, of the fun the... would have been having <laughs> buttock marks on your window. Well, it will be fun on Audrey's window. Yeah, but not quite as fun as the president's office. Welcome to Coming Down the Pipe, ARS Global's monthly podcast about pipeline assets, investments, pipeline construction, and the market in general. Uh, we are the midstream partner for Streamlined Sourcing Solutions. I'm Josh. I'm Dennis. I'm the National Sales Director at ARS Global. I primarily handle the sale and acquisition of uh, valve products, uh, rotating equipment, fabricating equipment, and pretty much everything outside of the pipe world. Okay. Thanks, Dennis, and uh, thanks for joining us today. And today, what uh, what we want to talk about is um, the secrets of a seamless pipeline project and, and what that entails. So uh, Dennis has quite a bit of experience on the procurement side, on the execution side, and both from an operator perspective and a, um, and a, distribu a distributor perspective. So uh, Dennis, based on your experience, what do you think the, the secret or the key to a, uh, to a seamless pipeline project is? Josh, I think the secret to a seamless pipeline project is communication, planning, understanding the scope, understanding the timelines, being able to bring all the stakeholders in an organization together. Okay, great. Yeah, I, uh, I, I did a stint at a pipeline um, operator as well in supply chain. And, uh, you know, during the, during the procurement process on the, on the front end of a project, it uh, seems like there's always some speed bumps, right? Yeah, the absolutely. supply constraints, um, you know, the ability to to get raw materials to the manufacturer, um, logistics constraints on being able to get finished projects to the right of way. Um, how how do you uh, or how did you overcome some of those obstacles dur during that process? Communication is key. Uh, understanding understanding who's involved, what their needs are internally. Uh, understanding what the market looks like on the procurement side and being able to match up the needs of, of the company with what the vendors have to offer. Uh, understanding past performance on the vendor side is big. Uh, who, who did what? How did it turn out? What were the effects? Uh, was it positive? Was it negative? Was it status quo? Do we need to go back to these folks and, and have a conversation about how to up the game? Uh, do we need to have a conversation about maintaining performance through a pipeline project? Uh, was it us or was it them? That's also a big deal. Did we have the scope right? Did we give the vendor what they needed in order to, to be able to fill the order properly? Were there, on the legal side, were there hindrances in terms and conditions that we're going to be up against again with a particular vendor? And how do we how do we, in order to streamline the process, address those up front before we get to the stage and kind of move seamlessly into the purchasing process without hitting the speed bumps that, that you just talked about? The biggest, the, one of the biggest things that I found was understanding what the commercial timeline was. When does the pipe need to be in the ground? When does the, when does the pipeline need to be packed with product? Uh, what does that look like? And a lot of times that's a moving uh, target depending on where the commercial team is, 
uh, with the right-of-way acquisition. So, so there's a lot of moving parts, and, and it's definitely something that a lot of communication, a lot of transparency, a lot of openness, a lot of really honest uh, conversations about, about how people feel about things is really important up front. All right, Dennis, uh, earlier you touched on some of your experience as a buyer uh, in, in a previous world. Um, what was your main concern when you were in those roles of uh, like during the sourcing time for, for a project? So whether it's business, uh, whether it's personal, you want to understand that you and the vendor are, are on the same page about what's going to be delivered and why are they there? Are they there because they need to book the project to hit their revenue targets, to hit their profitability goals? Uh, or are they there to actually deliver a good quality product, safe product, a reliable product on time at a competitive price? Now, now we all know that, that vendors need to stay in business too. They're the lifeblood of what we do. But just being on the same page and be able to, to distill out the vendors that really don't understand what you do, how you do it, have other motives, are just there to book the sale and move on, yeah, are, are the folks that I tried to stay away from. We wanted to build a collaborative relationship, something that was a two-way street between us and a vendor that could take us down the road, not just a spot by spot by spot transaction. Sure. Um, and what would you say that some of the biggest risks that you faced were um, whenever, whenever you were buying? So the biggest risk is always after, at least for me, I issued the purchase contract. Vendor gets the PO, everybody ahead of that point was on the same page, was bought in, approved the purchase, understood the technical uh, aspects and specifications of the purchase. Everybody had signed off. Everybody felt good about it. We issued the purchase contract. And from that point forward, it always seemed like anxiety either crept up or diminished, yep. depending on levels of communication, depending on what we perceived to be perhaps maybe dishonest or, or honest uh, uh, communication and feedback from the vendor. So being able to, to maintain a high level of communication, interactive communication, interactive purchasing, interactive inspection, interactive interaction, everything's gotta be interactive because you wanna stay in front of potential situations that could cause in order to be late, that could affect quality, that could affect reliability, that could affect safety once that product is deployed in the field and commissioned. So, so again, I, I've touched on communications. I, it sounds like I'm beating this communication horse to death, but that is the key. And, and I feel, I always felt that it was my responsibility as a buyer to drive that. Sure, the vendor won the contract, sure, Many folks would say, no, it's their responsibility, but my, my name was on that purchase order, so it was my responsibility to be there, to drive it, to understand what was going on. And let's face it, life happens. Sure. Sometimes things get derailed. Sometimes they go sideways. We understand that. And just being able to foresee that and being able to come back with an action plan about how to get it back on track 
is as important as when that particular situation happens. Sure. I, I know that uh, during my experience sometimes uh, to insulate ourselves from some of the risk that, that you're talking about, the post-PO uh, details, we went through a pretty good um, amount of risk analysis on the front end. And uh, generally what that looked like was a supplier scorecard, right? Um, different areas of, of the supplier's business, whether it's financial stability, safety records, um, manufacturing processes, you name it, all of that was weighted on a, on a different percent basis. And we would go through and evaluate suppliers um, and mash it all up into a, into a nice formula and spit it out, and the supplier would get a score. And we sometimes, during that bid process, we would take and we would look at, you know, what's the best price, what's the best delivery, but also what's that coefficient that, that got spit out from your supplier scorecard. And um, to insulate ourselves from, from some of the risk that you were talking about, uh, we would go through and say, hey, this, this vendor might not be the best price. They might not be the best delivery, but we know that the pipe or the valve or the fitting or the pro piece of process equipment, whatever it may be, is gonna end up at our facility, on our right of way, on time, uh, minimal change orders, and we know that no one's gonna get hurt in the manufacturing process. And we also know that there's some financial solvency there too, uh, to where if something does go awry, like you talked about, and we know that at some point uh, in everyone's business model, uh, it doesn't matter what industry you're in, there's gonna be a hiccup, uh, but we wanna make sure that um, the suppliers are financially uh, stable enough for both parties to make it through and come come out with some sort of um, mutually beneficial resolution to to whatever comes up. So that's how we used to, um, you know, we used to evaluate that as well. And um, you know, we keep using the word seamless project, uh, and we talked about the issues. We talked about how we insulate ourselves. But uh, is there anything else that you might have thought of in the last? 20 to 30 minutes that, that we've been doing this uh, that that we might be able to pass along to our customers on, on how to create a seamless project. So one thing that comes to mind is, is we provide the stuff to build the pipelines that are transporting hydrocarbons across the United States. Um, it's probably the safest, dangerous business to be in. And, and we sell top quality material, uh, highly reliable material, safe material, and Seamless always has to incorporate communication, questions, interaction, and, and action, proactiveness, reactiveness as well. Uh, we've always got to be on our game we have what people need to be able to build a pipeline uh, off the shelf. It's the best stuff they'll find in the market and it's fully documented, it's fully traceable. Um, I've heard from some companies, well, if, if you got that from a midstream company, ABC, it's gotta be good because they have very high standards for purchasing uh, materials. That's right. So, so we can prove that. It's not just something that's said. We can actually prove that it is high quality material built to the highest standard. So, you know, just in closing, I would challenge, I would challenge folks out there to give us a call. Uh, we haven't heard from some folks. We've done business with the largest majors in the oil and gas world 
And uh, we'd like to hear from more people and show you what we have to offer. Great. Thanks, Dennis. And, uh, and thank you, everyone, for joining us uh, this month on our episode of Coming Down the Pipe. Uh, you can subscribe, like on all the uh, major platforms that you listen to podcasts on. We'll be coming out with an episode next month, uh, totally different topic, probably different speakers. Uh, but thank you for joining us, and we'll see you down the line. <laughs>